when I can, you know, spark imagination and, and awe and all of that stuff, um, that's the world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world that is imaginative and, and magical. And that is the world I live in. So when I can help other people to see that, that's sort of like a job well done. It became clear to me that I had the ability to transcend a lot of different boundaries with my art. And I've always been a super empathic person. So I cannot see someone suffering in the world and say nothing and do nothing. So for me, and also, you know, I'm a queer person. I, I've had to come out. I have family that doesn't accept me for who I am. You know, I have a lot of personal, you know, deep-rooted things that have happened to me that have shown me that the world can be a very hurtful place. But at the same time, when you go through things like that and then you find the people who support you no matter what and they love you no matter what, that speaks mountainous volumes. And, um, and, and you realize that we really truly live in a beautiful world with a lot of beautiful stories to be told. And so... Yeah, at a certain point, I, you know, I was creating a lot of beautiful images and I, and I realized I should be using this ability that I have to also speak to, to things that, that really matter on the highest level. Welcome to the Archipelago Photography Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is brought to you by Archipelago Presets, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collection of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we're offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at archipelagopresets.com and use the code PODCAST20 to redeem this special offer. Rob Woodcox is a fine art and fashion photographer currently living between Mexico City, Los Angeles, and New York City. He's been featured in Vogue and GQ Portugal, among others, and has recently launched his first book, Bodies of Light. Rob has produced projects raising consciousness and conversation around the U.S. foster system and adoption, queer identity, body neutrality, racial diversity, and environmental justice. We chat about his creative process, his inspirations, and his motivations. And we discuss the importance of using your voice as an artist to speak on issues that matter. I encourage everyone to check out his work and to have a listen to this most inspiring chat. Hey Rob, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am here in sunny Mexico. Um, life is good. And yeah, excited to be here with you. Amazing. Well, we're really excited to have you on. So this is one of these interviews where a lot of my interviews, we talk about certain topics that are easy to discuss and, and work well on, a, on an audio format. Um, talking to you today, it's interesting because what you do is so visual. Like your, your art is, is really something that you really have to see to understand. Um, but I want to kind of dive into it with you today and talk about your process and what you do and some of the reasons you do it and, you know, how you got to doing the things that you are, the things you're doing, the art you're creating, because it's really, it's really mind blowing. Um, so Thank anyway, <laughs> happy to have you on, but uh, let's, let's kind of get into it. So 
of course, a lot of people may not know who you are, but do you want to just kind of give us a quick rundown of, you know, sort of what you're doing in the photography world and, and who you are and where you're at? Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Rob Woodcox. I'm 29 years old. Um, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. So shout out Detroit and <laughs> um, have lived and spent a lot of time in Houston, New York, Portland, Oregon. Um, so yeah, I've lived all over the U.S. I currently live in Mexico and I consider myself a fashion and fine art photographer, um, more heavy focus on fine art. That's sort of where I got my start in photography. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for 11 years now. Um, I, I work a lot on different types of advocate advocacy and stuff. And I know we'll talk about that more later, yeah. but, um, yeah, basically my art is my way to connect with the world, to, uh, talk about stories that I think are important. And I try to do that in really surreal and unusual ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of fun with that. <clears throat> yeah. It, I mean, it's really conceptual, right? Like the, the stuff you're doing, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, if, so, so what's your elevator pitch when, when someone, uh, you know, asks you what you do, what do you, what do you tell them really? I mean, I basically just say I'm a conceptual fine art photographer. Yeah. I work a lot with, you know, the human body and, and I make structures out of human bodies. And then that usually prompts a, what is your Instagram? And we, <laughs> we kind of go down that road. And yeah. I'm always the one like blushing in front of people when they're like, you know, actually critiquing my photos in front of me. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I, I always tell I, I teach workshops sometimes and I tell my students like, Business cards are over. Just make people pull out their phone. Like, <laughs> That's it's true. It's easier that way. That's true. Yeah, card doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and so everybody right now should actually be be going on to your Instagram and checking it as they listen to this. So it's and it's of course it's Rob Woodcox photo uh, on Instagram, P H O T O, and uh, so hopefully people are are scrolling right now as we're talking to get a sense of uh, who they're listening to. <laughs> so um, yeah, so how did you? I mean, your your work is incredible. How did you get into doing what you're doing? Because I mean, that's not just something you just kind of, you know, off the bat, right off the bat as a photographer, you get into. What's what's your process like? How did you start into photography? How did you get from you know picking up a camera to where you are now? It's uh, I've got to know. Definitely. So I mean, I haven't been. I've been doing photography seriously for 11 years. But when I was a kid, my mom always sent me to camps and stuff with a disposable camera and she gave me these little projects like at least 50% of the photos have to be people <laughs> um, and so from a young age I I had this idea in my mind that like photographs of people were like really important and they were really powerful to tell stories and you know as a kid though mostly I was into like drawing painting and at a certain point I realized I liked the camera more I liked the immediacy I liked yeah that I could see what I was creating in front of me and then just snap the picture. Right. And I also loved the engagement with people. So when I was 19, I actually started going to school. It was just a local college back in Detroit. Um, and I, I started studying, you know, sort of the basics of photography, how to really control your exposure, how to work with light, all of those things. And I quickly became obsessed, you know, like, now that I had decided this was my focus and I was actually going to, you know, pursue some form of art as a living, I just jumped all in because I knew that I had to be all in to survive. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to school to be a doctor or to be, you know, a carpenter, to be whatever, like 
things are a lot more laid out in front of you. It's like there's a, a plan you can follow. There's, you know, salaries that exist. Mm-hmm. But when you're a creative, you have to be all in. So in the beginning, I was, you know, shooting three to four times a week, completely obsessed. And then I discovered people like Richard Avedon, Annie Leibovitz, Tim Walker, um, Eugenio Requenco. Um, also was very inspired by a lot of painters like Frida Kahlo, Rene Magritte, um, people who are just creating more with their art and yeah. more than just, you know, a pretty portrait to sell a product, you know, yeah. they were creating concepts and telling stories and that fascinated me and that inspired me and made me realize like, no way I can do that too. Yeah. So it's really funny because if you ask any of my friends from the beginning, they were probably like, what is this guy thinking? I'm into it, but he's crazy because <laughs> I would drag my friends into like the forest or yeah. into a meadow full of mosquitoes and just make them do the most bizarre things. And, you know, in the beginning, my concepts weren't as fully developed and I was, you know, learning how to speak that language. Yeah. Um, but over the years, it just became, you know, my passion and it became what woke me up every day to, you know, to live a fulfilling life and to tell really interesting stories. And so, yeah, now I, I'm here. I'm, you know, creating dance series and body painting series and all these different, you know, storylines to tell, you know, the stories of, you know, myself and the people around me. And that's sort of what I live for at this point. It's completely what I live for at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really incredible work and, and what's, what's your concept? So, I mean, obviously, like if people are are seeing your images, they they're gonna realize that obviously you're doing a lot of work shooting, but then there's there's also probably a lot of you know post processing hats going on as well too, right? Like what what how do you sure. how would you describe your process like um, from sort of maybe a concept to to finish? You know, if you can sort of quickly go through that. Absolutely, absolutely. So in the beginning, it's all about having a strong concept and getting strong images in camera. So no matter whether you're in that camp of like die hard, it's gotta be in camera or you're totally open to Photoshop, you know, having a strong foundation is really important. Yeah. Uh, so going into any shoot, I always have a strong concept. I spend a lot of time in my room or in nature or whatever, um, just sort of writing out the ideas in my head a lot of my concepts are related to personal experiences mm-hmm. and, you know, real events that are happening in the world. So if anyone's out there, you know, looking for inspiration, it's really great to tap into yourself because yeah. you are all that you need. You know, yeah. like we are our biggest fans. We will always be our own biggest supporter. So that's where all my concepts start. They start from within. I write them down. I develop them. So, you know, let's say I want to create an image on interconnectivity you know, I write about, you know, someone that I'm really close to and how it feels to be connected to them. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, might think of, oh, well, what about the strings that connect us? So that's how I, you know, develop, you know, my string series, for example. Right. Um, once I have the concept, I, you know, call all the talent that are necessary. I schedule a day um, and then I just shoot. And usually the shoot process you know, is the fastest part. Right. Um, organizing and post-processing take way longer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the shoots usually last anywhere from 30 minutes to, you know, four hours max. Wow. Um, especially personal shoots. The, the average shoot for me personally is about an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, I do all the pre-planning. 
Um, I will say, you know, a lot of the ones where I have string glued to people's bodies or I'm working with like body painting, those ones take, those are the four hour ones because it takes three and a half hours just to like get the stuff on their bodies. And then I'm shooting for about half an hour. Yeah. but yeah, and then once I have the images in camera, um, that's when the post-processing starts. So, you know, for the for the body painting, for the strings on the body, that's all in-camera work. Yeah. Um, and then for the more elaborate images where it's like people stacked on top of each other making a tree or making a wave inside of a monastery, mm-hmm. those images are a combination of real and post-processing so what's really important for me to get the final images that look so realistic yet so surreal at the same time is that everything is shot on location. Yeah. And it's so funny. A lot of people are like, did you shoot with a green screen? And I'm like, no. Like I take, you know, 15 to 20, you know, dancers on location. Yeah. And I'm actually having them create somewhat of a real structure and then building off of that in post-processing. So for those images, um, you know, for the images that are more in camera, yeah. those might only take me, you know, 20 minutes to an hour to edit. But the ones that, you know, I'm adding in bodies and I'm, I'm building off of the structures that I've already made, those ones might take anywhere from two to 10 hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it really just depends on the complexity. Um, there's an image I did in, and, and I think a lot of people, even the, the diehard in-camera people would appreciate this. Um, but because at the end of the day, it ends up being kind of like a multiple exposure. Right. Um, I'm just putting the pieces together in post. Yeah. Um, but for example, there's an image I did in Colombia and it's on a green hillside and there's mountains in the background and there's these massive palm trees. And I have Actually, I counted, I think there's 63 body, fi- bodies in the final image, wow. but they're creating these sort of, this sort of like circular portal shape in between two giant palm trees on a mountainside. <laughs> and <laughs> um, we only had 20 dancers. Oh, wow. So that image is like multiple recreations of structures that the dancers did on location, yeah. but I'm just like adding them together in post. Um, so what's cool is that, I mean, I did shoot all of those people in those positions in that location. Um, you know, I just sort of did a little bit of rearranging and then there's other images in my, in my portfolio that are completely 100% shot in camera, even from the dance series. So it's really fun, honestly, like putting that work out there, seeing how people respond, seeing all the people that are like, Oh my God, like, how did this happen? How did they get up there? Um, (laughs) And that's, that's a job well done for me. It's like when I can, you know, spark imagination and, and awe and all of that stuff, um, that's the world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world that is imaginative and, and magical, and that is the world I live in. So when I can help other people to see that, that's sort of like a job well done. Yeah, and, you know, I have to agree because I, I look at your work and 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 I have to question, I'm like, is that, are those people really in that position because you do such a good job of putting it together you're just not sure you know it's it's totally believable uh in those unbelievable structures and forms that you're creating uh, sometimes you know so uh, yeah 100 percent, you're nailing it so um (laughs) thank you so talk to us uh, a little bit about the message and and i guess 
so so some of the conversations that you're trying to raise with the work that you do, right? Because you're you're touching a lot of things, and and I know that um, if people go to your website, uh, they can they can read up on this a bit. But you you there's a lot of things that you're you're sort of uh, touching on in in the work that you do. Do you want to maybe get into that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, for me, you know, being an artist, I think any artist has the ability to speak a universal language. Um, when we're using something visual, it doesn't matter if you speak Spanish, Arabic, um, Italian, English, you can, you can get something out of an image. So for me as an artist, it quickly became, um, it became clear to me that I had the ability to transcend a lot of different boundaries with my art. And I've always been a super empathic person, so I cannot see someone suffering in the world and say nothing and do nothing. So for me, and also, you know, I'm a queer person. I, I've had to come out. I have family that doesn't accept me for who I am. You know, I have a lot of personal, you know, deep-rooted things that have happened to me that have shown me that the world can be a very hurtful place. But yeah. at the same time, when you go through things like that and then you find the people who support you no matter what and they love you no matter what, that speaks mountainous volumes and um and and you realize that we really truly live in a beautiful world with a lot of beautiful stories to be told and so yeah at a certain point i you know i was creating a lot of beautiful images and i and i realized i should be using this ability that i have to also speak to to things that that really matter on the highest level yeah um and it, and it started when i was in i think it was 2013 um, I was adopted when I was a kid and I was working with foster kids in the United States and I don't know how much you know about the system, but it's, you know, most, most countries, you know, foster care systems are not perfect. It's yeah. hard to handle such, you know, it's hard to deal with abuse. It's hard to deal with taking a child and putting them in, in a place that they're not familiar with. That's just not a natural thing. Yeah. So no matter what, there's always issues surrounding that. Yeah. But what's great is there's organizations doing amazing work to help these kids feel loved. And I, I used to volunteer with um, foster kids that in a camp that was just for them. Um, mm -hmm. And I was a counselor and I, I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, there, there's always at camps like that, there's always two adults at every time with kids so that no abuse can happen. Yeah. But I got to witness firsthand just the brutality that these kids had faced yeah. and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stay silent about that. And so my first sort of series working with a really important topic was my stories worth telling series. Um, it dealt with, um, kind of seeing the story of, of foster kids from their darkest moment to their lightest moments hmm. and seeing them as the heroes in their own story. Um, a lot of times in that world, you just see, you know, billboards of a kid that has a bruise on his face. And it's like, what is that doing to help those kids? You know, like it's, it's stigmatizing them as broken property, whereas they're humans that just like any one of us that have experienced hardship, but they also, you know, are valiant, they're strong, they're brave, yeah. they're smart. Um, and they, they need to be seen in that light as well. Um, so that the stigma ends and that more of them are able to be adopted by loving families and things like that. So that was sort of like my first project. Um, I've definitely worked a lot with um, the queer community mm -hmm. and raising conversations around acceptance um, for LGBTQ people. Um, and currently, definitely, 
um, a huge fan of making black voices heard with everything right. that's going on with George Floyd in the U.S. and the, yeah. the protests and having a lot of friends in that community and having participated in, in protests and things like that. Um, that's sort of where my focus is in this very moment. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I believe in a world where everybody is equal, everybody has equal access. Yes. And until that, until that occurs, I, I won't stop trying to make those voices heard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I see myself. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's important, right? Because as artists, we, we do have a voice, uh, and especially if you have a, you know, a significant platform or, or a following, uh, you know, definitely there's a responsibility, I, I believe to, to take advantage of that and to, to not be silent and, um, and, you know, speak up for, for those that, that maybe don't have that, that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you, you, um, recently just have something exciting that, uh, you launched, which is your first, uh, book, right? You want to talk to us about that? Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited. My first book, Bodies of Light, it's 172 pages and I'm very thankful to Thought Catalog, my publishers for making that happen. But yeah, my first book just came out. Yeah, I'm celebrating um, 11 years of photography, basically my first decade as a photographer. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy with this book. It was printed in some of the highest quality printers in Berlin. Nice. Um, so for people who are interested in that kind of detail, um, it's a very beautiful piece to have in your home. Yeah. But what makes me so happy about it is that it represents it just represents my community. I'm, I'm, I could, I, I'm always smiling when I, when I have to talk about my book because it's not just my art. It's the work of over 150 artists yes, combined, yes. essentially. Yeah. You know, it's all models, all the makeup artists, all the stylists, all the locations and assistants, and um, being able to see all of our combined efforts and work over the last 10 years in a printed physical book is so rewarding. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So to anyone out there who's interested, it's um, a beautiful collection of my most recent works. It has my dance series. It has my interconnectivity series with the body painting and the lines. Yep. And then it has a collection of portrait work over the last 10 years as well. Um, most of the work is within the last five years but there's a little, for anyone who's been following me since the beginning, there's some of my early work that they'll appreciate as well. Very cool. Um, and I also, uh, it's funny because you're from Canada. And last fall, I spent two months in Canada um, kind of taking a break from reality and <laughs> focusing on my book. Yeah. And I wrote 10 short pieces as well, like sitting by a lake. I'm, I'm missing those moments yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, uh, I, there's also 10 written pieces that just sort of speak to humanity and unity and all of those things as well. So for all the poetry lovers, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. Perfect. Um, for the, for the visual artists, there's so much visual inspiration and yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll definitely add, add a link for people to, if they want to check that out as well too. Um, so, so what are you up to these days? I mean, of course you, you touched on this, like we're, you know, 
there's there's a lot going on right now. Like it's it's uh, beginning of June 2020. Uh, we've got protests all over America happening for for racial justice. We were you know sort of struggling through this COVID nineteen pandemic. How's that affecting you? And, and what what you know what are you what are you up to? I mean, of course you're down in Mexico, so maybe the situation is different. But uh, how's that affected your life? Uh, well. I mean, it definitely put a halt in my plans. Yeah. Um, I was about to go on tour for my book, um, and I was about to, you know, travel all over North America, seeing all my friends and my community. Um, so definitely, you know, I was a little disappointed at that at the beginning. But yeah. what I've what I've chosen to focus on during this time of sort of global isolation mm-hmm. is just kind of trying to go inside myself, um, reconnect with my roots, um, you know, do all the things that I never get to do. I've been gardening, I've been reading a lot, I've been cooking a lot. Um, and here in Mexico, things have been a little more relaxed than in the U S where I'm from, um, and in Europe. Uh, so here, you know, things never fully shut down. Like you could always still go on a walk or a bike ride if you needed to. Um, everyone's been taking it very seriously, including me and my, my house. Uh, and so we, you know, I, I've been in isolation just like everybody else, but for me, the things that have been getting me through are, you know, staying in touch with the people I love and actually having more time to do so. Yes. Um, you know, doing a lot of personal, you know, health, <clears throat> health related care, you know, eating well, gardening, the reading, all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm super thankful for the people who are fighting for our lives. Um, I think honoring them has been a great thing to see. Yes. Um, and, and my hope is that as we work through this and now having, you know, all of the protests on top of COVID-19, my hope is that we really start to see some change moving forward because mm-hmm. Before COVID-19, I've always been a huge um, activist and um, I speak up a lot about the environment as well. Um, And everything's connected. I mean, you know, in general, you know, corporations and and governments have neglected the people and the environment and and that affects us all. Yeah. Um, And so at the end of the day, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of issues that matter. And it can be overwhelming, but I think what's important to remember is that if we just do what we can in any given moment and we we try to listen to the voices that are, um, you know, the strongest, that, you know, have been the most oppressed, we, yeah. we have the opportunity to make a difference. And it might look like contributing to a bailout fund for protesters today. It might look like going and planting trees tomorrow. Um, you know, nobody has to pick one issue not one issue is necessarily more important than the other that's right um but we just take it day by day and i think that that has kept me sane um that has kept me hopeful and encouraged just knowing that you know there's all the greta thunbergs in the world there's all the Mm -hmm. um you know people at the front lines of the protests you know we all have a role to play in and um at the end of the day we can make a difference just by being there for our community, even yeah. if that's as simple as it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been trying to sort of, uh, you know, relearn all of that, reprioritize during this time. And I'm excited to see what, what changes when we come out of this uh, COVID-19 situation. 
Yeah, I, I feel the same. I mean, I feel like it's a good chance to to really reflect on what's important and and to, like you said, take that time to heal and to take care of ourselves and, and to connect with people and, and people are doing it. And and yeah, I really, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel that, you know, I'm hoping we can find a, a new way forward that's going to be more just and, and equitable for, for the planet and for everyone, everyone on it, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and speaking of moving forward, so what 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 do you have? You know, I mean, obviously, there's so much uncertainty these days. But uh, what 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 do you have coming up? Any any future plans, or you know, where do you see yourself uh, down the road? What do you see yourself doing? Absolutely. Well, this has been <clears throat> the last two years for me have been transformational. Um, just having my work go viral, everything has been giving me, you know, a lot more opportunity to make this career sustainable. Um, and so I'm very excited about the future. Um, you know, coming out of quarantine, um, in the next year, no, obviously no dates yet. Um, but eventually I will have my book tour. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then, Ultimately, I have a lot of a lot of big dreams that I'm working towards. Um, you know, low key, I'd like to be the next Danny Leibovitz. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of a lot of goals of people that I want to work with that inspire me, and um, you know, just voices that I'd like to help make heard through my art. Yeah. But I also um, my hope is that in you know five years I'll be starting to work on some of my plans to build a retreat center for youth. Um, and for international artists to come and, you know, have a space to create and to get back in touch with nature. Um, I'm very passionate about um, environmental education. Yeah. Um, I think the future of the world is obviously very dependent on how we treat our planet in the next 10 years. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm really, I'm really anxious and inspired to start investing in youth and helping them, you know, develop the tools they need to protect themselves as, as they get older and, and start to become the stewards of the planet. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's sort of <clears throat> where my focus is at. Yeah. Wonderful. Rob, that's, that's amazing. Listen, I would just want to thank you for uh, taking a bit of your, your day today to chat with us and uh, your work's super inspiring. Um, you know, not just on a visual level, but uh, with, with, you know the advocacy that you're doing and, and the messages that you're you're you know you're trying to to convey so uh, i encourage everyone to check it out and, and just thank you once again rob for for being on with us today absolutely much love to you um can't wait to see you in person again and <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you for having me it's my pleasure okay thanks thanks for tuning in today if you'd like to find out more about rob woodcox please check out the links in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you love about the podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes. Your reviews help others discover our show and so we appreciate each and every one. Thanks again. Until next time.